Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 368th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is attending yesterday's Patriots' continued domination as they manhandled the Jets 30-14, to with the Jets scoring in the second half on a fumbled punt and a pick six which means the defense has continued its amazing run by basically allowing no points yesterday, no points to Miami the week before, three points to the Steelers to open the season, of course, three points to the Rams in the Super Bowl, held the Chiefs scoreless in the AFC Championship game uh, in the first half, and before that, in the first playoff game against the Chargers, uh, other than giving a, a first half long touchdown pass to Phillip Rivers, pretty much uh, dominated them as well on the defensive side of the ball. So long-winded way of saying the Patriots' defense is on an amazing run, stretching back six games into the beginning of the playoffs last year against the Chargers. And, of course, that is combined with... Uh, the offense, which needs no explanation and certainly does not need Antonio Brown, as we witnessed in the first half yesterday. And uh, so the Patriots just rolling along, and uh, this week is actually going to be an interesting game. The, the Buffalo Bills, AFC East opponent, are also undefeated. Josh Allen looks like the real deal at quarterback. The game is up in Orchard Park, 1 o'clock Eastern, this Sunday. And it will be huge. Biggest game up there in a while. Uh, feels like I say that every time the Patriots go up to Buffalo if they're having even a half-decent season. And uh, so that's going uh, to be some good theater. Again, they haven't hosted a whole lot of big games up there in recent years. But uh, they got one this Sunday, and I'm sure they're going to be uh, pumped and jacked, as Pete Carroll used to say. And speaking of the Patriots, uh, last Monday I talked about uh, James White, sweet feet for strikes, Patriots running back who hosts a celebrity bowling tournament, uh, like the 10th year for it. It used to be hosted by Jared Mayo, but uh, he passed it over when he retired to uh, 
you know, to James White, who actually was not at Gillette Stadium yesterday because his wife uh, was giving birth. And it was just fabulous as always and great red carpet and a real highlight uh, where Tom Brady showed up somewhat unexpectedly. He's been to a couple in the past, but busy man. And he actually lives close by to where it was being held at King's Bowling Alley at a shopping center. Uh, beautiful place, actually. Uh, open air uh, retail outlets would be a better way of saying it. And uh, and very close to where I live as well. So it was an easy, easy drive for Tom Brady to get over there and when he showed up in the parking lot, it just ignited an absolute frenzy overall, media frenzy in particular. Uh, it was a true media scrum when he exited his car and started walking towards the red carpet. So it was great theater. Couldn't have been more friendly to all the fans and uh, everyone else as he was walking through the red c- carpet into the facility and spent some time there. And it was just uh First class, which Tom Brady is, first class act to show up and support his teammates' charity endeavor, and that's why he's Tom Brady. Just that simple. And uh, so it was great. It was a, just a usual great night, packed, sold out. It's uh, held to benefit Boston Medical Center again, tenth annual, and I've been basically to everyone, and one of my favorite events of the year, and it certainly did not disappoint. Uh, especially when Tom Brady Brady came strolling in, and a number of other just high-profile players, Dante Hightower, Sony Michelle, the McCourty brothers, uh, Jason and Devin, and just on and on and on. Huge Patriot turnout where basically they uh, join uh, people for – a bowling tournament, and there's a great auction, and it's just a terrific, terrific event. Well, my low light of the week are the Pittsburgh Steelers losing their third straight game, despite the 49ers committing five turnovers, including just a fairly bizarre ending where uh, 49ers going in near the end of the game for potentially to take the lead, winning score, and they fumbled the red zone, and... Steelers recovered at that point you're thinking maybe three minutes left to go in the game at that point you're thinking okay Steelers are going to win this and then running back James Conner fumbled I believe on the very next play certainly on the ensuing drive if you want to call it that 49ers recovered and uh, this time Jimmy Garoppolo uh, threw the game-winning touchdown and that was that so hard to believe Steelers are 0-3 no Ben for the year. Mason Rudolph did a reasonably good job in his first start. Um, so, you know, I, I'd say there's uh, optimism on that front. Uh, he, he showed enough to make you think he can play in this league. But uh, they're hosting the Bengals a week from tonight. Uh, so hopefully that being at home against the Bengals will give them an opportunity to finally get their first victory. But right now, it, uh, it really couldn't be a worse start for the Steelers. And yesterday, as always in the NFL, uh, you know, taking the big picture view, 
what I noticed was, you know, there were some eyebrow-raising surprises yesterday, which were the Saints over the Seahawks, uh, pretty handily, as a matter of fact. And they handed the Seahawks their first ever September loss under Coach Pete Carroll. Pretty amazing statistic, actually. And Pete, of course, uh, uh, took a football in the nose in the pregame, so he had a little blood on the side of his nose with, uh, you know, with a bandage. But uh, so it wasn't Pete's day, shall we say, or the Seahawks. <clears throat> the Detroit Lions over the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. Uh, Eagles, of course, have ascended in recent years off that Super Bowl victory a couple years ago to NFL royalty. Uh, but they're not playing that way. And, uh, you know, for them to lose at home to the Lions yesterday was definitely a surprise. And we'll see where that all goes. I think they're one and two. And it's just not uh, unfolding the way they were expecting in Philly, that's for sure, with Carson Wentz back and healthy. Nick Foles gone, unhealthy, and pretty much out for uh, the next few months uh, down there in Jacksonville. So a lot of concern right now over the Philadelphia Eagles, but not a team to be counted out, that's for sure. And then the Indianapolis Colts beating the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Colts, of course, Andrew Luck retired, as we all know, and Jacoby Brissett, who I witnessed up here uh, in New England uh, as the third-string quarterback, uh, had another good game. They're 2-1. and one. Uh, so pretty interesting, uh, to say the least. And then the chiefs, the chiefs are the chiefs now. I mean, what Patrick Mahomes is doing, uh, is unbelievable theater. What an arm. Great game yesterday against the Baltimore Ravens, a super quality team off to a great start themselves with Lamar Jackson. Mark Ingram was huge scoring three touchdowns, but the Chiefs, they, they always seem to have an answer. That's the way I look at that team right now. And uh, and we'll see uh, where it goes. But right now, you just have to think it's going to be the Chiefs and the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. The only question is going to be where. And the Chiefs are coming to Gillette in uh, either November or December. So that's already shaping up as the game of the year. They were here last year, and it was a terrific game. They're coming again this year. And they're the best. Uh, they're the best watch in the NFL these days. It's must see TV. And then, lastly, to close out yesterday was uh, the Browns. They lost to the Rams, of course, on Sunday Night Football. First time the Browns had been on SNF in eleven years, and they had the ball with like the four yard line with first down, and just couldn't punch it in and. Boy, late in the game, the final couple drives, if you want to call them that, just the Rams' defense, especially the defensive line, Aaron Donald, just seemed to take over and harass Baker Mayfield, and he just always seemed to be running backwards and to his right at the end of that game. No targets to uh, Odell Beckham Jr., kind of shocking. That's He's the talented enough receiver where you just kind of throw it up there and hope uh, hope he catches it and nobody's more capable than him and the weird thing with the Browns is and it happened last night again second week in a row where 
Baker Mayfield is very defensive with the press, saying things like, I know what you're going to write. He's already as in, joined last night by Coach Freddie Kitchens. They're basically, you know, scolding the media based on their questions before the, a word is even written in the Q&A, the, press, the presser following each game. And they just seem defensive. There's no other way to say it. Telling the media, you know, trying to head off the criticism uh, before it starts, shall we say. And last night it was about the play calling at the end, which was four straight passes, no, no runs. And again, with Baker Mayfield seemingly running backwards and to his right on every play is what it felt like. So, uh, high expectations can bring out the worst in people, that's for sure. And the Browns certainly had that coming in. And finally, my bizarre story of the week is watching uh, New York Giants rookie quarterback Daniel Jones running for the winning touchdown in his first game to beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. And bizarre in that, you know, when was the last time we saw a Giants quarterback run, especially for a game-winning touchdown, given Eli has been the pocket passer extraordinaire for so many years. So I thought it was just an ironic twist to the whole thing. And, of course, on the other side of the ledger, we have the Bucks, who, to their credit, uh, with a minute or so to go after the Daniel Jones touchdown run, took it. Uh, took it down the field and had really just a, a chip shot field goal right in the center of the field, and uh, they missed it. So that gave the Giants the victory, and Daniel Jones looked good, so I'm sure everybody in New York is fired up. Uh, but on the negative side, Saquon Barkley uh, left with what appears to be a high ankle sprain, um, so he could be out for a bit. And too bad because Daniel Jones really, uh, really came up big in his first game. And uh, but it would be a shame to see him without Saquon for the next few games. So we'll see where that all goes. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, AP Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, and it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Good morning, John. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, another great weekend of college football, and I know you were, as always, at the Alabama game. This week, they played Southern Miss, and Tua had quite the day, kind of flashing uh, last year's early season September form, uh, based on this performance. Yeah, another game with five touchdown throws, and he tied A.J. McCarron for, I think it's nine games with four touchdowns or more. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And basically uh, three, four games into his second season starting, that's like amazing given A.J. McCarron started two, four, if not three years. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But two is fantastic and he's very accurate, poised in the pocket, can participate the throws. And the receivers are the benefactor, John. They now have four receivers on the team simultaneously with 1,000-plus yards in career receptions. That's never happened in Alabama. And then you have Jerry Judy with 22 touchdowns and I think 112 career receptions. And then Henry Ruggs has 21 touchdowns and only 74 receptions. Henry scores in warm-ups. These are <laughs> well said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that about Henry covers it, Henry score touchdowns. Yeah, yes. he's, he's amazing. He's, he he's really when fast. He walks out of the locker. Yeah, when he walks out of the locker room, they're, they're starting to guard Henry. They can't touch him, though. He has that basketball background, very elusive. And, uh, but Jerry Judy, uh, I spoke to Derek last week, this morning, the Sugar Bowl MVP, and he said that Jerry Judy reminds him of Jerry Rice, not the fastest player, but when he gets the football in his hand, and you can't catch him. Right. And I just think uh, Jerry Judy is the most elusive receiver I've seen in Alabama since David Palmer, the Dukes. Wow, that's high praise. And those are amazing yeah. statistics, AP. I mean, you're talking about scoring touchdowns <laughs> 30% of the time you catch the ball or thereabouts. That's like yeah. off the charts. Uh, Incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. I think Henry, his first six, six catches at Alabama, the freshman, he had touchdowns, six for six. Really? 
Now that's yeah. the way to start a career. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, well, this won't carry on. This will not continue. But he's he's impressive every time he's out on the field, and he has that separation speed. I mean, the defensive back caught him on the throw, and then all of a sudden he was five, ten yards away with that burst. He's phenomenal. Yeah, he's fun to watch. He is. No, we're talking high first round draft pick. Uh, you know, you re- you need a receiver. Uh, you're drafting this guy uh, for sure. I mean, he is just a yeah. dominant player, and that's great. So Alabama rolls on, and uh, yeah, I'm sure it was another enjoyable circumstance. Uh, hopefully, the students stayed to the end, right? <laughs> well, yeah, there was about half field and that side of the stadium with students, I guess, but uh, this this week they'll play Ole Miss. It's a 2.30 game on CBS, 2.30 Central Conference game. Uh, I mean, I don't think it would be much of a test because Ole Miss was beaten by California. California, I think, is 4-0, though, but Ole right, Miss has to win that type of game. Yeah, they're ranked, right, California? Oh, yeah, which is absolutely. Impressive. The Golden Bears. I was impressed by that. Yeah, they got to, it has to be a surprise, surprise team. Correct. No doubt about it. And yeah. again, they beat Ole Miss. Where's the game at this week? Is it Oxford or uh, Tuscaloosa? Yeah, it's in Tuscaloosa this weekend. CBS will be in town and uh, be a 2.30 start. So weather probably slightly a little better, I think, when I say better, less heat. Yeah, well, things change, AP. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that uh, Ole Miss was given Alabama a run for their money in a couple games, and even won one, if I remember correctly, three, four years ago. Yeah, yeah, they won a couple, matter of fact. And, uh, yeah, right, tip right. Passes with with uh, Jim Kelly's nephew. And yes, he, he Chad. competed against him a couple of times, and, and then they had a junior college quarterback, too. I think Bo, I forgot Bo's last name. Yeah, over at Oxford. It was a low-scoring game. But the, the one at Alabama, it was a championship year with Jacob Coker. That's the only game he did not start. So he has the record at Alabama, 14-0 as a starter. That Cooper Bateman from Utah started that game, and they threw three or four interceptions and almost even won it. They had the last possession. They threw another interception. I think it was about four or five interceptions. So they were in the ball game. Not many teams could throw four or five interceptions and have a chance to win on the last drive. So that's what made me feel that Alabama was a very strong team. And they ended up beating Clemson. Um, I think that game was out in Arizona, I believe. I, think it was. I was there. It was definitely out in Arizona. Right. I remember it well. Yeah, um, yeah for that game, but... Yeah. So we we found out a few things this week, John, I think. We did. This was an amazing weekend, I thought. Um, I got to start with the incredible late night, late, late night. Uh, UCLA coming back. Well, the third greatest comeback in college football history uh, to beat Washington State and Mike Leach in Washington, and they were down some ridiculous amount, 30, maybe 30 points or something, and uh, and they, they then mounted their comeback, combination of turnovers and whatnot, aided their cause. Uh, the final score says it all, 67-63. I don't believe that was overtime. I think it was, uh, <laughs> you know, regulation, shall we say, and what was really cool about the comeback AP that I thought was... Uh, you know, it wasn't like UCLA getting on a roll and just coming back, you know, uh, unstoppable to win, like just scoring, you know, whatever, 20, 30, 40 straight points. Washington right. 
State was also scoring. Uh, they scored like two touchdowns at least during the comeback. Their quarterback threw, get this, nine, repeat, nine touchdown passes, um, which, which is just a shake, shake in my head uh, figure, which is literally yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just amazing. I was so glad I tuned in to watch. Uh, it was just off the charts. Yeah, that's amazing, the fact that someone can throw nine touchdown passes and he's got to tell his grandchildren he lost. they lost the game. Right. And then the other thing was, I was wondering, John, do you think the two defensive coordinators that night uh, refused to accept their paycheck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should have. They should have worked that one for free. 63 points. Maybe, maybe they should have given money back. Yeah. <laughs> a refund. Yeah. Or 67-63. So uh, coaching the, fund, yeah. The final score just says it all. You don't even need the details. All you need to know is the yeah. final score. And, again, yeah. it's just off the charts. And, you know, I really like Mike Leach a lot. He, I've met him yes. a couple times. He was literally on this show. I interviewed him. He was terrific interview a couple years ago. Yeah. But all that said, you know, Chip Kelly, given the horrible start of this year, the bad year last year for him as first-year coach out at UCLA, a program of the college football is better if UCLA is at least competitive or good. And so I was just happy for Chip Kelly. I, you know, he has not caught any breaks since the day he walked into the no. Westwood campus. <laughs> and no, he's... And he caught him all on Saturday night, that's for sure. So I, I really did feel good for him. I, I, I did because he's kind of too good a coach and his history at Oregon and stuff. Uh, you knew at, at some point it had to turn around, not unlike Scott Frost at Nebraska last year when he was like 0-6 to start his career out there. So I'm not saying UCLA is all of a sudden going to be great or good or, or anything because they haven't had a good, you know, two years so far. and. But I was glad for him. It was a classic Chip Kelly type of, uh, you, you know, comeback win, shall we say, or, or putting up points on the board. That's his specialty, obviously. Yeah, that he's a he's a one-trick pony coach, I believe. All offense, his teams don't play that much defense. So, but he's been really challenged at UCLA. They're having a difficult time, but they came away with the victory. And but it'll be another down year for the Bruins. No doubt, no doubt, but. You know, they can always live off this one. And by the way, before I forget, the second biggest comeback ever was also UCLA in 2017. We kind of all remember this game, I think. I happened to be watching that night. And a quarterback by the name of uh, Josh Rosen. Uh, we all remember him, right? And uh, except yes, in Miami. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> except the coach in Miami, right? And uh, right. he let him down from, uh, he let him back from, I think, down 37 against, I believe, Down Texas a Yeah, I believe Texas A&M. So bottom line, UCLA holds the second and third biggest comebacks in college football history here, FBS history at minimum. So, uh, so it's just I think incredible. I recall that game. Yeah, that was an early game. I recall that game. Texas I recall that game, too. Yeah, it was kind of like 5 o'clock on a Friday or something, or maybe on a Saturday, but it was like, uh, yeah, it, w- it was an incredible comeback. I- I've always remembered it, and... Yeah, UCLA, so uh, they now have their little niche of uh, these amazing comebacks. <laughs> Two in three right. years is just incredible. And AP, you know, there was a lot more went on. 
uh, over the weekend that we want to touch on, specifically Pitt over US, U, UCF, uh, USC, nice victory over Utah. Of course, the big game of the week, Notre Dame uh, losing down in between the hedges to Georgia and, of course, Wisconsin dominating Michigan. But uh, with all those to get to, uh, we're going to take our break. But before we do, as we all know, at the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football, as we've been discussing. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where to play and where you should, too. I wouldn't be telling you to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of fan that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. And use promo code ALLROUND, A-L-L-R-O-U-N-D, to activate the offer. That's promo code ALLROUND, A-L-L-R-O-U-N-D. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So why don't we take our break now? And as I mentioned, lots of college football to get to on the other side. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., as always, we're talking college football and I must say, I had mixed emotions watching the Pitt-UCF Central Florida game from Pitt Stadium on Saturday. I grew up near Pittsburgh. I've been to many games, both at Heinz Field and the old Pitt Stadium. But So I like Pitt a lot, and but I really, really jumped on the UCF bandwagon. I go to Orlando and Florida often. And... I felt bad, AP, to see their winning streak finally come to an end, despite the fact that Pitt won the game on just a spectacular play. The minute I saw it, I said, that reminds me of the Philly special from the Eagles in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. And lo and behold, after the game, the coach, they asked the coach if it had a name and exactly what I thought it was going to be. He said it's called the Pitt special, which is the quarterback catching the ball uh, in the end zone for in this case, the winning touchdown. Uh, we all remember Nick Foles doing that in the Super Bowl. And But AP, you know, again, I like Pitt. I like UCF. And the unfortunate thing is this. UCF had no, no, no margin for error. They had to run the table, obviously. The announcers were talking about it, rightly so, during the game. And it's kind of like now it's over. You know, their hopes of getting in the college football playoff, which I think – you know, there was a groundswell of support for that to happen. Everybody loves the underdog, but it's it's over now, and that's unfortunate because I think they had a whatever, hadn't lost a game and regular season game in two, three years, I guess. So, uh, But it was a great game, just a great game. And Pitt, by the way, has become like giant killers where they show up once every two or three years and pull some massive upset, and then, you know, and then – uh, go about their business for a couple of years, <laughs> uh, being generally average or a little above average. Remember they beat Clemson a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, yes, they did. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that reminds beat, me of Boston beat Miami, Miami, Yeah, beat Miami, too. Beat Miami, too, yeah. I think, gentlemen. They were oh, yeah. They beat Miami. Right. That's it. They beat Miami when Miami was undefeated. I think, yeah, exactly. They ruined their undefeated season the day after Thanksgiving, two two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Uh and I've used this comparison before, AP, a lot like Boston College in both football and basketball, where they kind of, 
you know, rise up every three years or so, four years maybe, and pull some massive upset that like shakes, you know, the college sports world. And then they just kind of revert back to who they are for the next few years. But Pitt and BC, they both have a history of that. Pitt did it again. Yeah, it's amazing. The American Athletic Conference, they have a team that it gets so close sometimes, but yes. they have to run the table. There's no roof air, as you said. And, and uh, Central Florida, they had an excellent chance to be the star of that league, but maybe next year. Looks in next year. Yeah, well, Pitt came to play. And uh, just thinking back to one of those upsets, because I used to cover West Virginia football. Uh, we all remember the team. Uh, we're going back a few years here, but West Virginia was undefeated, quarterback by Major Harris, uh, headed for the uh, potential national championship game, if I remember correctly. And Pitt come into Morgantown in what's been known forever as the backyard brawl, intense rivalry. Pitt is only an hour and a half tops from Morgantown. And it was on a Saturday night. Final game of the season, AP, and they just wiped them out. And boy, the minute that game started on Saturday against UCF, within the first five minutes, I was reminded of that game because you can tell Pitt came to play. They were like wild dogs out there, <laughs> as they were in Morgantown yeah. a number of years ago. Right, right. They get inspired. I mean, it's amazing how you can rise up and beat a team of that caliber and then. You play ordinary the next weekend and lose to somebody whose the talent level is below yours. Correct. And by the way, Pitt, you may remember a week ago, had uh, first and goal from inside the five against Penn State at the end of the game. And I'm guessing a lot. It's great to be to save it for UCF, but there's you talk intense rivalry. Pitt and Penn State is all that and more. And I'm sure a lot of Pitt fans today are wondering, uh, where was the Pitt special a week ago <laughs> in State College? Because <laughs> <laughs> Penn State held him and won the game, literally. It went down yeah. to, the, to the wire, the final play. Yeah, that, that offensive, uh, uh, you know, flair, they didn't have it in the Penn State game. Exactly, exactly. But that game was just between that game and, again, UCLA's comeback over Washington State. Just really, really exciting stuff. Another game that was just great, and I mean, this was Blue Bloods all the way, was, you know, Notre Dame at Georgia. Largest crowd in the history of Sanford Stadium, a.k.a. Between the Hedges in Athens. And AP, they told, which was 93,000, I believe, but they told, a, I heard a fascinating story, not surprising, that they said there was 93,000 plus outside the stadium without tickets during the game. Uh, Notre Dame will do that when they come to town, but I just thought that was really cool. You've been to Athens. I'm sure you, you, you can relate to that statistic, right? 93 inside, 93 plus outside. <laughs> yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah, you, you know, Notre, um, Georgia, they rarely play a team of Notre Dame's caliber on, in their non-conference schedule. I mean, so it's so, so um, far and few between for the Georgia fans to get this excited. And then you have Notre Dame, one of the top uh, names in all of college football in history. So it was a, it was quite an event. And uh, the Bulldogs, they started out slow. I was kind of, uh, I couldn't understand some of the offensive plays 
And they were trying to go sideways with those passes, 30 yards to the side for a one-yard gain where you have to catch the football, t- turn your yourself uh, towards the defense, turn up field, it's kind of cumbersome. And then uh, you know, when you have such receivers, you know, fast receivers you're recruiting, and, and then you're trying to make them uh, catch the football, turn up field with the defender. I mean, you and I can guard that route, a one-yard route you and I can guard. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, Georgia just has so much talent, you know, uh, at the skill positions, receivers, running backs. In fact, last night they showed a really cool graphic, uh, during the Sunday night game, the Browns with Nick Chubb, uh, and the Rams with Todd Gurley, but they showed this graphic with their backs to the camera of in Georgia in their Georgia uniforms of Todd Gurley. Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle, who I watched yesterday, score yet another mm-hmm. touchdown. The guy is a touchdown machine <laughs> going back to the postseason last year for the Patriots. And it was just a great picture. You know, I, I obviously knew all three went there. And like everyone, I know that, you know, Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle played together and, you know, had that fabulous game against Oklahoma a few years back uh, in the college football playoff semifinal. Um, <laughs> But I guess I, I just sort of forgot that the three of them were actually on the team at the same time. And, of course, Gurley got time, That's correct. That's right. Right. But it was just a great picture. You know, just it was a wow. It was like, holy cow. Can you imagine those three guys on the same team at the same time? My goodness. Because they yeah, all turned into fabulous pros. Not that they weren't great in college, but as pros, they're just awesome. No. All of them. No, the running back, yeah, the running back coach can never make a mistake. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's <laughs> funny. Substitution. And it's just so funny because <laughs> I remember, you know, when Todd Gurley got hurt AP, it was like, yeah. you know, that's really unfortunate. That was a serious knee injury that he had. And, yeah. but, you know, I remember when it happened where the announcers basically said, well, you, you know, they're not going to miss a beat. This guy, Nick Chubb, is great. And he was great. And then, of course, Sony Michelle, who was a well known name as a backup to Chubb, of course, burst on the seat with that spectacular game against Oklahoma uh, to put his himself on the map. And and then last year he got on the map in the play, in the playoffs with the Patriots. That That's for sure. I think he scored six mm-hmm. touchdowns in the postseason, which is a remarkable number. So, yeah, yeah it yeah, was, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. When they played against Alabama, uh, one of those games, you know, they were running all over them, and they couldn't stop them. And right. I mean, there was just – the Alabama tacklers were just falling by the wayside. You know, those, those running backs. So, but they're, they're one of the few teams, Clemson, Georgia, that can match up physically and beat Alabama. And you must because if you don't, Alabama just run over you. But Georgia's one of those teams right now in the last – Three or four years, they can play Alabama head up oh, yeah. and beat them at their own game. Beat them at their own game right now because they have running backs that play in the NFL, offensive linemen, they're being drafted high. Oh, yeah. Um, quarterbacks, you know, excellent quarterbacks. So, yeah, Georgia's team. I, I didn't think Georgia looked that well, uh, actually, uh, Saturday no. night. And they, I they agree. started slow. They weren't dominant. They're play calling. Yeah, they're play calling. Yeah, you thought they would dominate Notre Dame, and I thought it was a big victory for the Irish to be so close at halftime. And if I was the Notre Dame coaching staff, I would have felt good about our chances. But that 
that transfer wide receiver, Cager, I think that's his name. He's about six five. He was the difference maker. Oh yeah. Both. I think it. You know, they're, they're, to the credit, the Georgia quarterback put the ball in the air and let him high point it a few times. Well, he's a winner. That's one thing for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. he's taken Alabama to the limit. And to me, basically, what it told me, and it wasn't their best game, the Bulldogs. But, you know, AP, we all know about Alabama and Clemson meeting four times in a row in the national championship game. And Georgia's close defeats to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Uh, to me, it's, you know, Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia, and kind of all the rest. <laughs> you know, it's like... Is Georgia, right. then, the only then, question is, yeah. is Georgia going to be the team to crack the Alabama uh, right. Clemson stranglehold on the national championship, on the CFP? Right. And then this year, John, we have LSU with Joe right. Burrow in his second season. They brought in Brady, the offensive coach, and they're yep. scoring at will against everybody. I think, what was it, 281 points in the last four games? That's a record in the conference, maybe. Yeah, sixty-six. Um, so I, I, I fear, I fear LSU, Georgia, Clemson. Um, I'm talking with respect to Alabama, and I'm trying to think of any other team across the country. Uh, Ohio State with their quarterback Justin Fields, uh, that could be an issue if you get him on a hot day, hot night. But yeah. I don't think there's any other teams across the country that I put in that elite category right now. Oklahoma, of course, with Jalen Hurts. Um, yep. We'll see. You know, after that Oklahoma Texas game, what happens? Correct. That's going to be a great October, one. October twelfth. Yeah, October twelfth. That, that'll yep. be a ball game that that sets the tone for which team comes out of that league. But but they have that championship. You know, where you have to play nine games, all the opponents in your conference, plus you have the championship game, uh, which I think is a mistake on their part because they acquiesced to all this pressure about well. On the last weekend of the season, you don't have a championship, and therefore the committee was supposed to be impartial and uh, have all the integrity. They're not going to appreciate that you play nine opponents in your conference, won the conference. Now you have to beat somebody twice, possibly. Not easy, that's for sure. Well, AP, no. you, you sparked some good conversation for our next segment, so why don't we take our final break, and then we'll get to some of the points you just mentioned uh, on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, 
self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is a Penn State at Maryland this Friday night in a rare Friday night appearance, certainly at least for Penn State. And AP, Penn State's, uh, you know, won their first few games. Uh, but I think they're going to get a pretty big test uh, on Friday night. They're going to have basically the stage to themselves uh, on Friday night. The game is in Maryland, and Maryland has rung up some pretty big scores this year already. High-powered offense. So, uh, yeah, so uh, having grown up near Penn State, uh, I know that Penn State Nation is – Curious to see what they got. They went to the final play against Pitt, but held on to win. And now they're traveling to Maryland. And I think we're going to go know a whole lot more about Penn State uh, come Friday night. Yeah, Penn State, you're going to be challenged uh, in their defense for sure because Mike Loxley, the new head coach, first-year head coach at Maryland, he can put points on the board. He's innovative and takes a lot of risks. And he, he can... He's definitely an offensive guru. He did a good job at Alabama, and he's continuing at Maryland now. But a lot of those coaches, John, you know, I call them just one-trick pony. They know offense, but they have to find the right defensive coordinator because they don't even know how to spell defense, I don't think. Right, right. Well, Maryland and Penn State, in their opening games, both scored 79 points. I kind of think that's all you need to know as far as uh, setting the tone for their season uh, offensively. Uh, it hasn't been quite that way since. I think Maryland may have lost a game. Um, and Penn State, of course, has, has won their first three. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, – it's it's going to be, uh, you know, for me, it's going to – you know, it's a fun Friday night game to say the least. And uh, – so I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, AP sticking with the Big Ten. Wisconsin in Madison. 
really took it to Michigan on Saturday. They were winning, I think, you know, 28 nothing or something. I tuned in not long See, into the game. It was 21 nothing. Badgers. <laughs> yeah. So, boy. They're, they're having trouble. Yeah, they're having trouble offensively in Michigan. I mean, when you watch that team, John, I'm always looking for somebody I fear. And I don't see that on a Michigan team right now, which is incredible when you go back through the years and they get guys from California and Florida that can run with the wind and quarterbacks that can throw with anybody. Shea Patterson, you know, was in the SEC at Ole Miss, and he is not anywhere near the elite level he needs to contend for national championships, never mind Big Ten championships. Yeah, AP, a lot of people saw him as a savior coming in, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's not happening, and I and I think we got a little, uh, you know, heads up uh, when Michigan uh, went to overtime. They could have lost to Army in the Big House a couple weeks ago. By that I mean Army had a 50-yard uh, field goal or so to win the game at the end of regulation. Long kick, but they missed it. Had they made it, they would have beaten Michigan in the Big House, hearkening back. Thoughts of, of course, the famous Appalachian State upset years ago of uh, Michigan in the big house. But anyway, uh, so I don't, given that Army game, I don't know how many people are surprised by the loss, but I think people are surprised with, you know, the domination that uh, Wisconsin exhibited. But of course, but Wisconsin is a super, super quality team. Jonathan Taylor may be the best player in the country. <laughs> yes, almost for surely the best running back. And uh, no, the, you know, Wisconsin's been very good for a long time, uh, and certainly in recent years as well. So, uh, but it was intriguing, that's for sure. I wasn't expecting when I tuned in that game to see the score what it was in the first quarter. That's for that's for darn sure. No, John, if you can't stop. Wisconsin at the point of attack, you are in trouble. Those big linemen, those how those Wisconsin runners get so many yards, no man touches them until the second level. Exactly, and and if you let Jonathan Taylor get to the second level, uh, next stop at end zone. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's next good. Up, TD. Yeah, that guy's really good. And AP, hard to believe, uh, we went a little long in the second segment, which made for a little bit of a, in the third segment, the previous segment, which makes for a slightly shorter final segment. So hard to believe, time to wrap up the show, but I want to thank you as always for calling in. Thanks for your perspective and expertise as always. Hey, thank you, John. My pleasure. Thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. <laughs>